Shalom everybody and Shavua Tov. We are continuing with where we left off after a very, very long uh, interval and break back into another discourse of Rav Nosin called uh, section Likut Alachot, section Orachayim, Hilchot Nefilat Apayim, the laws of falling on one's face, which is the part of davening after immediately the Amida, the Shemon of Shachar and Mencha. Discourse number four. We left off in paragraph number four, and uh, it's fitting that we're now within 40 days before Purim. We are continuing now how Rav Nosen connects the concepts of Purim with this amazing lesson 24. Where we left off is Rav Nosen explained the whole idea of Purim and the simcha generated by doing the mitzvah of Purim is to subdue the klipa of Haman. And he explained earlier, and Rav Nosen is going to re-express this better, is that the whole idea of Haman is the atheistic, alien ideology, ideologies of the heretics, who even try to explain the Torah using rational, worldly uh, way of thinking. And this in itself can never, ever bring a person to true joy. He said earlier of Nasan, the secret to true joy is emuna, is the belief behind the greatness of the mitzvah that I have no grasp whatsoever of the depth behind it. And I do the mitzvah out of simple, pure faith in Hashem. And this itself generates the greatest simcha, believing, knowing through belief that you are doing the greatest thing to connect to Hashem and Hashem loves you and Hashem wants your mitzvah performance and by a Jew with simple faith doing the mitzvah even when he learns and tries to understand and to develop his mind it's still within the basis of emuna. this brings a person true joy as opposed to the rational philosophical ideologies of certain people who interpret the Torah's meaning in a rational, philosophical, ideological way, they can never have joy in doing the mitzvot. And the whole gr- purpose of the Simcha of Purim is to subdue this type of klipa, which is, in essence, the evil force of Haman Amalek. This is what Rav Nosen now explains. This is where we left off. How Rav Nosen now explains this in greater detail. So he says like this, which towards the end of the le- of the of the paragraph number four. This is the essence of the concept of Purim. This mitzvah, this holiday, this festival of Purim. The idea of Purim sticking out more than any other mitzvah is doing the mitzvot with joy. This is what comes out in Purim. On Purim, there's excess joy for all of them, Israel. All the mitzvot are geared to making you feel happy, to getting drunk, eating, being merry, um, giving food, giving tzedakah, receiving tzedakah, receiving food. It's all happy. It's all to make people feel good. Okay, and getting drunk also, right? And the dancing and the joy. It's all aimed for getting a person to be happy. So he says the whole idea of Purim is the idea of doing mitzvot with joy. Kiaz, smechim, Kol Yisrael besimcha gdola meod ad ein sof ve'ein tachnit, because Purim is a time when all of Israel are happy. 
with a tremendous, immense joy and delight, with, which knows no bounds, no end. Now, why is this? Because we are looking to counter Haman. What is Haman? Who is Haman? What is the representation of Haman today? Ki Haman, for Haman, who is called the filth, the pollution of the snake, because uh, why is that there's a connection between Haman and the primordial snake that tempted Adam and Chava to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because Haman, the Gemara teaches, he said this earlier also of Nosin, Haman is hinted in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Like it says, Haman minator minayin. Where is Haman hinted to in the Chumash in the Bible? Like what Hashem asked Adam and Eve, Haminaetz, could it be that from the tree that I told you not to eat from, Hamin, hey memnun, could it be from the tree that I told you not to eat from, did you eat? So the letter is, hey memnun, Hamin, in the word Hamin, could it be from? It's the same letters as Haman. And they show that Haman is rooted in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the characterization of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, when a person is unable to elevate the good in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, is sadness. That's why the punishment affected upon Adam and Chava, especially Adam, was sadness. By eating of the tree of knowledge, the punishment of Adam was You will eat and earn your wages and your meager living with sadness, with difficulty, with pain, with sadness. Sadness. Itzavon. Itzavon tochalena. You eat of atzvut. Okay? So now Haman is due directly to the snake. So he's called the pollution of the snake. That's the term that Rav Nosan uses here. Haman zuamatanachash. Haman is the pollution of the snake because Haman is hinted to in the true knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Chava ate. They partook from the true knowledge of good and evil, not being able ready to elevate it. Like the, the Zohar teaches, the, the, the Kabbalah teaches, Hashem wanted to test Adam and Chava to hold on and not to eat from the true knowledge of good and evil on Friday. If they would have held on until Shabbat, Hashem would have let them taste the tree of life, the Etzachayim, and once they would have tasted the tree of life, they would have been able to handle the, the battle, the challenges of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and elevate easily the good in the tree of knowledge of good and evil because they didn't hold on, they didn't pass the test, so man sunk into exile that we are in right now. The existence of this world is to work back, to go back to the initial state of Adam, to be able to partake of the tree of life, and then we can elevate the good in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In the meantime, we're suffering from Haman, who's, <clears throat> who's that, where, where he's the effect of, of being exposed to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is represented in the challenges we face today of being sad. Because it says the punishment of Adam eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil is bitzavon tochalena, meaning because you weren't able to elevate the good, the bad in the tree of knowledge of good and evil that you ate from has an overpowering effect on the good. And it's reflected in sadness. That's why he was punished. Until Mashiach comes, the final rectification, then we're able to get out of this. So in the meantime, the one who's called responsible, the the representation of this sadness, is called Haman Zuamatanachash. Haman, because Haman himself is so evil, he represents this tree of knowledge of good and evil, the filth of the sake, is, like we said earlier, the concept of sadness that we just explained. Now, Rav Nosson goes a step further. further. <coughs> Forward. <coughs> Ki Haman, 
Begimatya Tzav Imakolel. The letters Haman. So you have a 5, 40, 45, 50, 95, plus 1 for the word is 96. Haman Begimatya Tzav. Haman equals Tzav. This word Tzav means a few things. Tzav, Tzadik Vav, is the root word for a mitzvah, a commandment. Tzav is a commandment, right? So meaning Haman is the counter part of fulfilling the mitzvot. His whole thing is to attack the performance of mitzvot. How does he attack the performance of mitzvot, of tzav, mitzvot? By inculcating, inducing sadness. Okay? So watch what he says here. Tzav also means something else. First of all, what is Haman? And who's called, who's, who's gematcha tzav? Shu bechinat tokef haklipot Haman represents the severe, severe evil forces, evil husks that exist in the world of Asiya. The world or domain or dimension of Asiya is the fourth lowest world of the four dimensions or worlds. From top to bottom, there are Atsilut, Biriya, Yetzira, Asiya. Okay, these are four worlds. Asiya is this world. It's called Asiya because this is the world where we can do. In particular, it's called doing mitzvot. The Asiya is doing mitzvot. This is the term Rabbi Nachman used earlier, like we saw in Likutim, around Lesson 24. He said that the goal is to do the mitzvot with joy. Doing Asiya connotes that in this world, this dimension of Asiya, this is where we do mitzvot. This is where the work is to do mitzvot, to elevate ourselves from the sadness of the, the the temptations of the of the evil forces that that re, re, that reside in this domain, the evil forces are only in the world of Asiya, and Haman is the manifestation of the big representation of the evil forces, which are against primarily the Jew doing the mitzvot. How does he attack a Jew from doing mitzvot? By infusing him with sadness. When a person is sad, a person doesn't want to do mitzvot. The key to doing mitzvot is a person has some joy, has happiness to do Kiddush Friday night, to put on tzitzit in the morning. You need an incentive of joy to be happy about what you're doing to do it. If you're just doing it out of route and routine, and then push gets to shove, a person drops these things because he has no joy in his mitzvah performance. That's how you get a person, chas shalom, from falling off. Like the curses say in Parshat Kitavo, all the curses come upon the Jewish people. The curses come not because you didn't serve Hashem, but because you didn't serve Hashem with joy. So that's the opening to get a person to drop mitzvah performance altogether, God forbid. Okay? So now going back, Haman, which is the Gemachi of Tzav, he represents the strong hold and force of the Klippot, the evil forces in this world of Asiya. Kamuvar Kavanot, as the Arizal explains this, it's in basically two places in the Priyat Chaim. There's one place called Sha'ar Olam Asiya, that's one chapter, chapter three, and also towards the end of the book you have what's called Sha'ar Rosh Chodesh Chanukah Opurim, chapter, chapter five. It, where he says this concept that a Haman corresponds to the Tokef HaKlipot So that's hinted to in the name Tzav. What is Tzav? The Gemara says, Ki ein Tzav ela avodah zara. The word Tzav is idol worship. 
like our rabbis teach in the Gemara Sanhedrin, page 56b. There, the Gemara enumerates what are the actual seven Noahide laws. What is a Gentile forbidden to do in order to be a Noahide? To be an honest, righteous Gentile, there has to be seven laws. So one of them, the Gemara says, is a, a Gentile who is forbidden to do idolatry. <laughs> is that funny? Go tell the Gentiles that. It's forbidden idolatry. Idolatry is forbidden for Goyim. They have to believe in God also. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. They learn it out from the, from our, 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 the word Tzav. That Tzav hints to, it's all, it's a Gemara. Rabbi Yitzchak, he says like this, we can look in the Gemara. The word Vaitzav Elokim. There's a verse in, other words, in the commanding of, the, of, of Noah. It says, Elokim. The, the Gemara breaks down every single word used by God talking to Noah in commanding him. From each word, they derive another prohibition. So from the word Vaitzav, they said the word, and, he, and Hashem commanded Noah, the word Tzav is referring to idolatry. How do they learn it out? So it's a whole machloket here in the... Gemara, Sanhedrin, page 56b, you can see there, there's Rav Chista and Rav Yitzchak Bar Avdimi. One learns out that Tzav hints to idol worship because it says, by the golden calf, Saru maher Hashem told Moshe, go down from Mount Sinai because Moshe Rabbeinu went up 40 days to receive the Torah after Shavuot. And on the 17th of Tammuz, Hashem told him, go down. The, 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 the Jews fell, have, have, have left very quickly from the pathway that I, Tzivitim, and they made for themselves a golden calf. So that it says, they fell from the path, Asher Tzivitim, like this Rav, this Rav is reading it as if it's saying, <coughs> the Tzivitim means that's what they did. They fell very fast from the path, Asher Tzivitim, because... For they did tzivitim, they did idol worship. So tzivitim learns out that tzav is a hint to idol worship. Vechadam, another amora, learns out the prohibition of idol worship from the word tzav from another verse, where it says Ashuk Ephraim ratzutz mishpat Ephraim has been robbed. Ratzutz mishpat is broken in the justice system. Why? Be since for he has gone after tzav. What does it mean he's gone after Tzav? He's gone after idol worship. So he, he deserves punishment. So they learn out different verses that Tzav is idol worship. But the bottom line is that the Gemara says Tzav hints to idol worship. So on the one hand, Tzav in holiness is a mitzvah. And the counterpart to a mitzvah is idolatry. In other words, Tzav in holiness, a mitzvah, connects you to God. But God forbid, if you're not doing the tzav of holiness, a mitzvah of holiness, so there's a different tzav of connection, a connection to idol, idol, idolatry, which is also gematria tzav, which, by the way, is the gematria of Haman. So look what he says here. Kein tzav el avodah like our sages say in the Gemara Sanhedrin. In other words, I've also explained, what is he getting to is the following. Hainu, she'ikar bechinat tzav, she'bechinat klaliut tzivu mitzvot. Here we go. In other words, the essence of this concept of tzav, which on a positive vein, a positive side, represents the all-encompassing of mitzvah performance. Mitzvah is called, is rooted in, in the root of the word mitzvah, you have tzav. Ha'ikahu, the reason why we have commandments called mitzvot, to connect us to God, is for one purpose. The essence is, 
בשביל להכניע עבודה זרה שהן הכפירות. is in order to subdue the idolatry, idol worship, which is basically heresy, the denyance of God. כפירות כופר. To be an atheist and deny God's existence is automatically idol worship, okay? And the goal of mitzvahs is to get out of idol worship, of avodah zara. שהם בחינת המן שעולה צו עם הכולל. And idolatry corresponds to המן, like we said, because his name is גמת של צו, 96 with the word itself, of המן itself is 96, שהוא כופר בעשיית המצוות, because what was המן? המן was basically someone who denied mitzvah performance. He was against the Jews. He wanted to destroy the Jews. So there should be no mitzvah performance. Okay? He was a deniant because that's hinted in his name. His name is Tzav. His, his name is Gemach Yatzav which represents idolatry which is the opposite of the mitzvot. And the mitzvot is to, like the Arizal explains is to subdue idolatry. So he is the kofir ba'asiyat ha-mitzvot and doing the mitzvot because again like the Arizal said he's the strong klipa in this world of asiyah. So what's happening in the world of Asiyah, of action, is doing the activity of mitzvot. That is, the counter, is being countered by Haman in this, in this realm, in this dimension of the world of Asiyah, which is our world here. So, can he, so again, Like he said earlier, the rationalizations of philosophers to explain the Torah in a rational manner, they're rooted in Haman. He said that earlier. The root of Haman, and no happiness can ever come out of a Jew who does mitzvah performance out of philosophical rationalization and tries to give rational explanations in his mitzvah performance. He has no joy, no simcha in his Yiddishkeit. He's dead, dry, dead, no connection. And eventually the person won't be able to have a continuity and momentum with that Torah performance, mitzvah performance. He won't be able to pass that on to his kids. It stops there. When a person enters that world of philosophy and trying to like rationalize the Torah, God forbid, he loses it. There's no simcha, there's no emunah. And then eventually just take a, maybe a few days, a few months, a few years, even one generation. That's it. It stops there. The buck stops there. The person does have no continuity. And that's Haman, Haman, Tzav, idol, idolatry, to attack mitzvah performance. So basically what he's getting at is that Purim is to destroy Haman Amalek, destroy the sadness generated by the rationalizations of the philosophers who receive their ideology from Haman Amalek. That's the influence, the influence, the damaging, poisonous influence of Haman Amalek today, Haman Zumatanachash, the filth of the snake today, is when he's able to convince Jewish people to use philosophical ra- rationale in mitzvah performance. That's how Haman continues to attack even today. He may not be here physically, but this is the influence of Haman and why every year we have to re-blot again Haman, the clip of Haman every year, every poem, it's a new job because the atheist, the atheism is always trying to attack into the Jewish mind to, to inculcate the way of thinking as a rational philosophical way of interpreting the Torah mitzvah performance. And that's how he gets people to fall off, God forbid. So every year, Simcha of Purim is needed to counter that rationalization, to get out of it, to destroy, to blot out the Haman, which is idolatry, by doing mitzvah performance, which comes out more than any other time of the year in Purim.